According to a report from the University of Chicago, 63% of married people said they were happily married. What about your marriage? Are you happily married? Believe it or not, there are rules that will ensure that your marriage can be happier. If we observe these rules with love and humility toward our partner, he or she will be happier and you too will receive the blessings that God intended for you. A successful marriage is not a matter of luck. It's a lifelong commitment between two mature and selfless people. It requires work, commitment and honesty to achieve marital happiness. There are rules that will ensure that your marriage will survive the storms of life. We all know the shame that can accompany a divorce, so I want to give you some rules for a successful marriage. What most people do not understand is that the success of a marriage does not just benefit the couple, but their children, their grandchildren, parents, friends, in fact, the whole society. Marriage is the greatest investment that you can make in your lifetime, even more than vast sums of money. If you and your partner are prepared to follow seven basic rules, you can increase your chances of being happy in your marriage. Do you want to know what these rules are? Please stay with me and consider these seven gems of knowledge. Are you married or thinking about getting married? If so, you can know the secrets of a happy marriage. Yeah, it's possible to have confidence that your marriage will provide the joy that God intended between man and his wife. Many people are afraid to get married nowadays because they know that in many countries, more than half of all marriages will end in divorce. You don't have to be amongst those who divorce, and in fact, you can have a marriage that is happy. Here then is the first rule. Rule number one is build a God-centered marriage. Who created man and woman? Well, God did. We're told in the book of Genesis, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. What did he tell us was the purpose for marriage? In verse 24, he tells us, A man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. The inference here in joining is stronger than just being glued or stuck together. The King James Version of the Bible uses the word cleave. Now, what does cleave mean? 
Well, I believe the process of welding is a good analogy for marital cleaving. When a welder takes two pieces of the same metal, he heats them both to where they just are about ready to melt and become liquid. With the help of a flux, the two parts melt into each other so that on cooling, they're actually now one metal. They're not just glued together, but they've become one. Remember, we're told that a man and a wife become one flesh. It's as if the flesh of the man and the woman are now one and the same. Their minds have also become one in a good marriage. Two people think the same, work together in harmony and believe that the marriage's success is more important than the individual person's needs. The union of a man and woman in holy matrimony is not just a contract or a business partnership. It's a holy vow that is recorded in heaven. It's between the husband and wife and God. Sadly, too many people spend more time and energy choosing a house or a career than a marriage partner. When we include God in the marriage, we can have faith that he will give us help when we need it. Much of the world has unfortunately often ignored the wisdom of the parents' involvement in the marriage choice for a young couple. In countries where the opinion of the family is valued, divorce rates are lower than where they aren't. What is godly marriage? It's a marriage where God is totally involved. When a marriage is bound by prayer and Bible study, a couple is able to share their burdens. They can go to God for the solution to their problems. They will recognize the chance to apply biblical guidelines. Consider, if you will, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26. Let not the sun go down on your wrath. When a couple apply this rule, it reduces the opportunity for anger to smolder and fester. By talking to their mate about the problem, they can apologize and make up. What is the first rule again? Build a God-centered marriage. Rule number two is commitment and trust. Have you made the commitment until death do us part? If you grew up in a broken family, you know how hard it is to believe in such a commitment. Let me tell you of a couple that I know. Some years ago, I was pastoring a congregation in Melbourne, Australia. I was impressed with a couple who had considered that they had both come from broken marriage families. This became a catalyst to make their commitment to marriage for life a top priority. Now, about 40 years later, they're still together and happy. Notice what God says about divorce. You cover the altar of the Lord with tears, with weeping and crying, so he does not regard the offering anymore. Yet you say, for what reason? Because the Lord has been witness between you and the wife of your youth with whom you have dealt treacherously. Yet she is your companion and your wife by covenant. For the Lord God of Israel says that he hates divorce. Why? Because divorce fractures and tears families apart. Children are too often the innocent victims of the selfishness and the immaturity of one parent or both parents. There are no winners in divorce. Do you realize how many people depend on a successful marriage? It's not just the man and woman, 
It's also the children, grandparents, uncles and aunts, even neighbors. The whole society has to pay for broken marriages with single parent funding, more accommodation and government support for childcare. We've talked about commitment, but what about trust? Does your partner trust you? Do you trust them? Will they be responsible with the joint bank account? Do they know that you will be faithful and not commit adultery? Can you trust them and can they trust you? The way to be sure sounds simple. It's to have no secrets. When we are not open with one another, doubts and suspicions arise. But disclosing what we do, where we go, and what we spend, our partner feels safe. And so do we. It may sound old-fashioned, but it's the key to an open, honest marriage. You may have heard of the Proverbs 31 wife. She may sound like she is the perfect wife, but no wife is perfect, just as no husband is either. Solomon asks in Proverbs chapter 31, verse 10, Who can find a virtuous wife? For her worth is far above rubies. He then says, The heart of her husband safely trusts her, so he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. Wow, what a woman. <laughs> this couple respect and honor one another. Commitment and trust develop over time. But if you are thinking about becoming married, you can develop an honest and open relationship with the one you love now. Be frank about how you feel. Ask them how they feel about you. And be prepared to hear some things that you may not want to hear about yourself. Broken trust is hard to restore, but with prayer and forgiveness it can be done. It will take evidence on the part of the one who was the offender to prove he or she is sorry and has changed. Once again, if God is involved and there is a real repentance, a broken marriage can be restored and actually made stronger. At Tomorrow's World, we believe in lasting marriages that are fulfilling and rewarding for all. You can stop arguing, bickering, and playing the blame game. You don't have to live in misery, and neither does your mate. You deserve better, both of you. You can achieve greater happiness when you apply these seven basic rules. So remember, Rule number two is commitment and trust. Rule number three is heartfelt communication. Being able to talk intimately to one another is vital for a healthy marriage. When a couple first meet, there's just so much to talk about, but they may later drift apart and find different interests. Soon they're like ships in the night, living in the same house, but becoming more like strangers. Misunderstandings lead to arguments, arguments lead to anger, and sadly, separation. What's the solution? Let me give you some good biblical advice. Do not let the sun go down upon your wrath. That's wise advice. If you've something that's bugging you, be sure to get it off your chest as soon as you can. Believe me, it does work. However, when we communicate 
Is it at 100 decibels with an accusative tone and with words like, you never do this or that? Really? Never? Maybe sometimes, but never? The key to heartfelt communication is being ready to see where we're personally at fault. Marriage problems are simply not always the fault of just one person. Yes, maybe one may be more at fault than another. But we all have to see where we contribute to the problems. Here's some advice from Dr. Roderick Meredith. This is what he says. The approach of praising and encouraging your mate is vital. Be sure that your praise is sincere and usually specific. Try to keep your communication positive. For one partner to be constantly picking at or criticizing the other is not the kind of communication we're talking about. A good barometer for a man is this. If his wife is being critical and nagging, it could be an indication that he's not listening to her when he takes her seriously and values her opinion the nagging is likely to subside have you noticed that when we sit down and talk with someone about a problem it may be because we got our wires crossed or we misunderstood what was said so choose a quiet time to talk and more importantly to listen before jumping to conclusions ask your mate what's the problem and then listen put yourself in their shoes and see it from their point of view you'll be surprised how you may have had the wrong idea and they will also see that they misunderstood you together you can solve the problem rule number three is heartfelt communication rule number four is marriage means giving do you like to have someone hold you and tell you that you're special? Most of us do. There is something right here in our very heart that yearns and aches to be loved by someone else. God gave us the gift of marriage for this reason. When a husband and wife simply enjoy being with one another, there's no better way to go through life. It's simply beautiful. Have you ever considered the power you have to make your mate happy? Or for that matter, unhappy? Think for a moment. Are you easy to live with? Or are you a critical, complaining, negative person? If you are, it may explain why your husband or wife does not spend much time with you. Maybe they have developed reasons for avoiding you, such as sport or watching TV or going out at night. We can't get love from our partner, but we can give love. Love's an outgoing concern for the other person. You'll want them to be happy and succeed, and they'll want you to be happy too. We can't demand love from one another. We can only give it. The way of giving is the secret to a happy marriage. Changing our way of thinking from get to give is all about maturity. And that's why Paul told his fellow ministers in Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20 verse 35. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus, that he said it is more blessed to give than receive. Start today to give and you'll be amazed by what you will receive. Remember, marriage means giving. 
If you would like to discover more about how this topic impacts your life, visit us online at www.lcgcanada.org to read our featured literature free of charge. Rule number five then is learn to forgive. Have you ever hurt your mate? Have you ever offended him or her or neglected them? More than likely, we'll remember the times that they've done these things to us. Are you holding on to old grievances? Do you have a scorecard for all of the mistakes the other person has made? If you do, I'll tell you now who's hurting the most. It's you. It's a strange fact that those who harbor resentment hurt the most. And the solution to bitterness and deep-seated hurt is to forgive. How can I forgive them, you ask? By knowing yourself and your own faults. We all offend and hurt others because we're all human. The Apostle James tells us, Do not grumble against one another, brethren, lest you be condemned. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. The King James Version says, Grudge not one against another. Are you holding grudges? Free yourself, forgive your mate, and you will be forgiven. Admit that you too have hurt and offended too. Remember what Jesus said, Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. I say again, you will be the winner when you forgive. The old love we had for our husband or wife can come back. A great weight will be lifted. And that dull ache in the pit of the stomach will subside. Once again, this is not advice that you'll be hearing or reading in self-help books. Your friends at work may tell you to get even with your mate, while they will not have to suffer the pain of a failing marriage. Seek God's advice and wisdom instead. James gives us wise advice in chapter 3 and verses 13 to 17. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, and demonic. For wherever envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. The words, I'm sorry, can simply melt away hard attitudes of hurt and hate in your mate. Try it. See what happens in your marriage. Be the first to apply the fifth rule, which is learn to forgive. Rule number six is build your family kingdom. One thing Europe is well known for is castles. If you've never traveled through Europe, you will not have seen just how many castles there are. These castles were built to protect the residents from their enemies. Here's another expression. A man's home is his castle. No bad concept. 
in this day of moral attacks from evil men who want to see our children destroyed. If we can build our marriages where our family is safe, we can prepare them for life. It may sound a little old-fashioned, but a man should be the king and his wife the queen of their family. In a balanced and healthy family, children grow up with confidence and self-assurance. When there is little or no bickering, but rather support, a family thrives. I learnt from my parents the vital rule that the father always supports his wife. As children, we could not drive a wedge between mum and dad. And I'm glad we couldn't. They rarely argued and we were proud to be a part of that family. If you have already got a happy family, you can make it happier by applying the words of God in your life. You can make life positive and enjoyable for all. It takes planning and effort, but the rewards in later life will be worth it. King David understood the key to a happy family when he said, Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has his quiver full of them. Bearing children is a great responsibility. Providing food and shelter is only the basic need that they have. But their spiritual and mental health is just as important. Please don't let your children grow up without moral training. If you don't teach them right from wrong, someone else may very well teach them right is wrong. Go on the offensive against immoral video games that are full of killing and hatred. Provide wholesome entertainment for your children and introduce them to a musical instrument or a healthy sport. There is one last vital rule for happy marriages. But don't forget number six, build your family kingdom. Here then is the last and vital rule for your marriage. Are you ready? Rule number seven is romance is vital. Did you ever have the idea that Hollywood and the people who lived there were supposed to follow the old fairy tale ending of they lived happily ever after? <laughs> it always sounded so wonderful to me when I was growing up, but I came to realize that Hollywood just, well, they never did make the grade. If it wasn't so sad, it would be almost laughable at how many of Tinseltown's marriages end up as disasters. It seems that many of Hollywood's heroes live in a world that is just as unreal as the parts they play in the movies. It appears that some of them can't work out who they really are and their lives are merely a show for photographers. But your marriage is real. Don't fall for the idea that you can only find happiness after five or six marriages. Maybe you've had more than one marriage. You're not alone, since many marriages these days do end in divorce. Remember, though, you can learn from your mistakes and make a success of another marriage. One of the keys to keeping your marriage alive and well is to maintain romance. Let's see romance for what it is. 
It is to be found in rule number four, marriage means giving. To have romance with your spouse means being giving, caring, thoughtful. It requires imagination and planning. For a husband, it means understanding how a woman's mind is different to his. Her emotional needs are not the same either, and romance involves satisfying her needs. An unexpected bunch of flowers, a peck on the cheek, a long silent hug, or an anniversary dinner, all qualify as romance. Intimacy and gentleness from a husband will melt a girl's heart. We men simply need to know that a happy, satisfied wife will not be a picky or nagging wife. It is one reason why marriages implode. So let us give romance and affection to the lady that we work so hard to win. Hold her tight and she will amaze you how much she will give in return. Men, it's up to us. But now you want to know where you can read these seven rules for a happier marriage. I'd like to give you a gift. It's a booklet that will itemize these for you and give you practical points that will help you to make the changes that you will want to make. The booklet is titled God's Plan for Happy Marriage. The opening paragraph sets the scene for the booklet. Scores of women have told me, with tears in their eyes, my husband just won't talk to me. He's distant. He won't share things with me anymore. Even though we share the same house and the same food, I feel so alone most of the time. Do these words ring true for you? Maybe you are the husband who no longer shares the things of life with your wife that you once did, and you don't know how to change. This booklet will give you hope for the future. It's really not too late. So be sure to visit the website that will momentarily be shown on the screen. And be sure to watch at the same time next week as Gerald Weston and Richard Ames bring you the good news of tomorrow's world. We want you to find contentment and happiness in your life. Each week, we will bring vital information from your Bible that will give you the help you need. If you would like to discover more about how this topic impacts your life, visit us online at www.lcgcanada.org to read our featured literature free of charge. The preceding program has been produced by the Living Church of God.